House of Cards Chapter 48 is over, but we are just getting started here on the House of Cards post-show recap. And now, here are the two guys with the high score in Agario. I'm Rob Cisterno. Here's Zach Brooks. Zach, how are you? Pretty good. I'm uh, I'm ready to go down to Atlanta. I've heard they have the best strip clubs best in the city. strip clubs in the country. Yeah. Yeah, in the country. Boy, is this the kind of advice that you would take from the future president of our country, Kathy Durant? <laughs> you know, like she's she's for the working people. Yeah. <laughs> for the, she supports working people. The working women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Zach, I'm I'm very fired up to talk about this episode. Chapter 48, yeah. episode 9, only 4 episodes left to go and uh, as you called it, the convention again you're locked in with your predictions i'm wrong i said no way it's the convention we were just like in february march no way we're going to jump to the convention which is in july yet here we are yeah and i mean i have read no spoilers that was just you know purely a guess so I'm gl- I was glad to be right again. But you were right that usually they talk about something in one episode before it actually happens. So when characters were talking about like, oh, we'll just do it at the convention. That's that was a good tip off that this was going to be the convention episode. Yeah, sometimes we're wrong, though, because they talked a lot about Super Tuesday and there wasn't even a Super Tuesday. Yeah, episode. We skipped Super Tuesday. But now all of a sudden, this big plan that we've been seeing for these last couple episodes between Frank and Claire, that this big chess game, this Ocean's Eleven type heist that we've been talking about, all of a sudden is in jeopardy because of the state of Louisiana and this big play by Kathy Durant. So we'll talk all of that through because I have a lot to say about that. Of course, uh, we're going to be answering your emails, which come in. And if you are listening to us for the first time, you just wanted to check out episode nine here of season four, and you want to make sure you don't miss an episode the rest of the way, you could subscribe to our House of Cards podcast. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash HOC iTunes. And we do appreciate it when you leave us your feedback and your star ratings. That's like your way of casting your delegates towards <laughs> us in iTunes. Uh, we do greatly appreciate it. Now, leave us an honest comment or an honest star rating. It only takes a couple seconds, and it does help us out with getting more people to discover the show. All right. But not Louisiana. We don't want Louisiana to cast their vote. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. All right. Okay. Zach, I am very confused as to what is going on here because all of a sudden, you know, we it looked like this plan was all coming together. It looked like it was working like clockwork, that everything was going to be perfect. Claire seemed like everybody was uh, sort of on board with, yeah, Claire should be the vice president. Everybody's sort of like uh, falling in line on this. And then we have the scene where Frank and Conway are talking with each other. Conway gets the phone call. We find out that it was from Kathy Durant, I assume, right? That's what you presume? Yeah, or or his, her people. I'm curious because Frank saw the call come across, and I'm, I couldn't tell if you could see like a name associated with it. And he said, Conway said it was his family. Uh, but mm-hmm. maybe it was just a random, I mean, it might have just been a number. Right. I think that his spidey senses were, his spacey senses were <laughs> tingling and he knew something was up, but he didn't know exactly who it was. I think he would have actually gone uh, crazy if he knew that it was Kathy Durant. And so we watch on TV and we see that the state of Louisiana casts its 61 delegates uh, in the home state of Kathy Durant for Kathy Durant for president. And Frank is now really freaked out about this. But are, is America really ready to make Kathy Durant the nominee when isn't Kathy Durant having a hard enough time fighting off Claire Underwood to be the vice presidential nominee? Why is all of a sudden the country going to say, you know what, we never thought of it. Kathy Durant should be the nominee. So I, I think there's two things going on here. First, we saw it with Claire. We're just seeing the, the well being poisoned, just one drop. In this well, you know, somebody drops Claire's name, one delegate for Claire Underwood, and all of a sudden Claire Underwood's name is, oh, we hadn't thought about her as vice president, and it starts building, building, building. Somebody drops Kathy Durant for president. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Maybe Kathy Durant would be a good president. I think there's that. But I also think in addition to that, now we're seeing, you know, Conway is creating conflict, Conway flicked. Uh, on, on the other side is creating conflict on the Democrat side and making a weaker Democratic Party. So no matter who gets the nomination, maybe it is Frank still, but we've seen people who don't support Frank. We've seen people who didn't want him to be president 
um, or Kathy Durant gets the nomination, he's making an easier, easier path for himself to the White House. But isn't this the worst possible time for a Durant for president movement, considering all of the leaks to the media about how it was actually Claire Underwood that brokered the deal in Russia or at the G7 summit with uh, Petrov about the oil prices and that Kathy really didn't have anything to do with that? Unless Kathy is just going to totally start trying to expose the Underwoods, I don't know how all of a sudden at this convention she's going to gain all this momentum and that they're going to bump Frank out of the picture when he seems to be at a high in his popularity. Claire Underwood seems to be super popular. I don't understand how Durant is going to all of a sudden take over being the presumptive nominee for a sitting president. I don't think she's going to be the nominee. I think it's just showing dissent among the party. Um, and I don't think this was uh, this was Kathy Durant's plan from the beginning. I think the leak about Kathy Durant is kind of an old Frank Underwood tactic that she's seen before. And mm-hmm. she references that when she talks about Zoe Barnes and the Zoe Barnes leak for her to be secretary of state. Uh, so do you remember exactly what happened in, in season one with that? Or do you want me to? No, I thought that they were mentioning the Zoe Barnes stuff from this season about how it got out that he had murdered Zoe Barnes. Talk to me about what you believe that Kathy was referencing. So this was really early on the show, like episode two or three. Um, we had, you know, if you remember early on, Garrett Walker appointed Mike Kern to be secretary of state instead of Frank Underwood. Love Kern. Yeah. So and, and Mike Kern never be heard from again, really. <laughs> I don't think we've seen him <laughs> until the two episodes from. Yeah, now. I was going to say probably going to be back. Uh, so they they leaked a story. Frank um, worked with Zoe Barnes to leak a story that was an editorial that Mike Kern wrote in college that was an anti anti Israel editorial. Ah, yes. And so that leaked out and then public opinion changed on Mike Kern and Garrett Walker couldn't appoint Mike Kern to be secretary of state. Frank realized that I don't remember exactly why he didn't want to be secretary of state and didn't want to push himself. But then Frank leaked Catherine Durant's name to Zoe Barnes to start spreading around the media that she was the person he's going to name the secretary of state. And then people started talking about Durant as secretary of state and she was appointed. And mm-hmm. so Frank, just by leaking that small bit of information, first, the anti Mike Kern story, which which parallels the story about Russia and then leaking a name and getting people to start talking about a name to build momentum, which is what happened with Claire being vice president. That's how Kathy Durant became secretary of state. So she totally called Frank on doing this again. Yeah, that scene between Frank and Durant over breakfast was a really great scene uh, in the episode. And I think that Frank did get outplayed there because he was expecting Durant to sort of go nuts and uh, really fight him tooth and nail. But she was sort of like, like, oh, oh, okay. No, I think that's actually might be a good idea. And he's like, well, uh, you know, this is just like a worst. Obviously, this is not what I was like. Of course, of course. But maybe I don't know. Claire might be good. It was the same sort of thing that happened where Frank actually his suspicion was raised. I believe it was back in the third episode this season where after the fighting with Claire, then after the State of the Union address, when she came back and was sleeping at his house and she was hanging out with Celia and Doris, he is like, hmm. Uh, something's not right here. And he knew then, but when it was from Kathy, all of a sudden he felt like that Kathy was like, oh boy, Kathy, what, Kathy's really great. Uh, what a, what a trooper. Yeah. I mean, he's always felt like what she a was team a player. She was a, she was a trusted member of the team. And um, I think she was just, you know, I don't know if this whole time she's been waiting to take her shot at Frank or if this, you know, just kind of putting it together that he's doing the same thing with Claire that he did with her really got her uh, her Durant sense tingling, her Kathy sense tingling, and, and she realized she had to make a big move. She had to make a big move. Now, her power play here is that she calls up Conway and she says, uh, hey, Conway, I want to be the secretary of state for you. And he's like, OK, that sounds good. And so in exchange for that, I will try to challenge Frank for the presidency. Now, basically, this is at the convention. I almost feel like that this might be more of a a successful tactic had this happened during the primary season. Like the convention is only three days and it's got to be like the second day of the convention. So somehow in this next 24 hours, this all has to come to a head. Yeah. And I mean, I think Frank is still going to get the nomination, but anything that that Conway can do to weaken Frank and to weaken the party 
is good for him. And he's now got two people that that Frank screwed over to switch over to his side with Brock Hart and now Kathy Durant. Now, Conway, is he really going to make Kathy his secretary of state? Isn't his whole thing about how he's so strong on national defense and to take Frank Underwood's secretary of state? Isn't that sort of like a sign that Frank Underwood is on the right track? Or is it just going to be like, I had to bring Durant over to my side? Uh, she was telling Frank all sorts of good ideas and he was just ignoring her. Yeah, I mean, I think he could he could spin that however he wants. And I don't think you have to announce your cabinet before your president also. So basically, the Conway administration is going to be Frank Underwood's general, uh, Frank Underwood's <laughs> Secretary of State. It's just going to be the same exact people, but just like a, like we need new leadership at the top. Yeah, it's just like a reconfiguration. <laughs> maybe so, maybe switch people around. You know, have have like Doug Stamper be in the cabinet, and uh, <laughs> you know maybe maybe Leanne is like Speaker of the House or something. I don't know. All right, so let's talk about that big scene between Frank and Conway. And I have to say, I was really just uh, eating that with a spoon. I I was uh tickled during that entire like five ten minutes that conway and underwood were in that room together yeah that was great i mean you know we haven't seen them face to face besides in that flashback Mm -hmm. um and so it it had been building for a couple episodes now and when i realized that was where we were going in this episode i was like oh this is going to be fantastic this is you know this is like when you have you know any of these shows where you have kind of the two characters who finally who finally are in the same room who finally meet um you know, like uh, it was very well deserved. Now, don't you think if you were managing the Conway campaign where he's sort of like freaking out over, oh, they're having their convention, they're getting all of the media coverage right now. Wouldn't you say like, ah, Conway, this will pass. Uh, give it a couple days. Let them have their convention. We don't need to go down there and make a spectacle. Don't you feel like that, especially with a 15 point lead, uh, isn't that getting a little too cute? Yeah, I mean, it it, it probably was, but um, that's the house of cards. He can't have need- <laughs> he can't have any any time any dead time on the air. He's got he's got to have constant website traffic. People need to look at his selfies. <laughs> I like that Conway is like really pissed off about how like uh, these Vanity Fair covers that we did. People aren't even searching for them anymore. Yeah, somebody on his team was like, "Oh damn it, who gave Conway access to the Google Analytics? He needs to not look at that stuff. Just let us do our job." Uh, you know, uh, Governor Conway, uh, you see, this is a magazine. People uh, tend to read it and then it kind of just, you know, and then a new issue of the magazine comes out. It's really not that kind of a thing. It's not really like a bestseller or something <laughs> like that. It's just, you know, it's just a magazine. It's an article. Yeah, in a magazine. periodical. It's, it's really not that big of a thing. Yeah. So we had two, two covers of Vanity Fair. Maybe he just needs another live stream. When's the last live stream you did? Those those live shows bring in a lot of viewers, I bet. <laughs> I guess so. No, people aren't really looking at the videos anymore. It's over. They need a new trick. Oh man. I don't know. He needs to he needs to be out there more. Do do <laughs> something do something else. So he wanted to, he wanted to try want to try this i guess i mean when's the republican convention can't they just start working on like okay we need to make our convention better that like we don't need to go there and try to ruin their convention yeah but the democrats did america's vote <laughs> yes <laughs> we'll talk more about america's vote but okay so frank and conway end up meeting that conway sort of like pounds the table and says uh mr president you need to do something about i go right now right now yeah. Ico is getting stronger and you're not doing anything. You're having a convention. I'm worried about Ico right now. Yeah. I mean, what is, what is he supposed to do? It's like this is this convention has been planned for a while. And yeah. I, I mean, they, they are talking about Ico. A lot. I do think Ico is going to end up being a factor at some point. And, um, you know, they, they probably are going to regret not acting on it sooner. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a three day convention. Yeah, it just does seem kind of weird. Like, uh, hypothetically, if Obama was running for re-election in 2016, and like if Donald Trump ends up being the presumptive nominee, and you know Barack Obama was at the convention accepting the uh, nomination for to run for a, a term, and obviously he cannot, it will not be Obama. They Obama will probably be at the convention. Uh, like if Trump was just like uh, in the city, like uh, we need to talk about ISIS right now. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe this is a harbinger of what's to come. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure Donald Trump is watching these episodes and, and is and is writing down all the 
all the things that the characters do. I mean, what was the urgent matter? It was like Ico sent out a tweet in 15 different languages about how they're on the move. Lots of languages. It's <laughs> yeah. it's for real when it's in 50. If it was in 10 languages, it's like, yeah, we can probably ignore this for a little bit. 15 languages? That's the yeah. number of points that Frank is down to Conway. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, it's not like that there was some sort of situation where, okay, Ico has, you know, sieged the Syrian embassy or something like that. Just like, uh, you know, some sort of like a threat was made on Twitter. Like, we're on the move. Watch out. Here we come. So are they making threats or are they recruiting? I'm not quite sure exactly what Ico is doing. They're just kind of like the, like out there as a threat, but I don't know what they're actually doing. Yeah, we heard that for there was a situation of what was going on. And uh, according to Conway, yeah, Ico is just going to be going ahead and uh, trying to, in 15 different languages, talking about what they're up to next. Yeah, well, what, maybe we'll find out soon. Yeah, so something is going on there. So anyway, Conway is really sort of like uh, just pounding the table. We need to we need to do. So then Frank decides, okay, okay, well, well, let's kill him with kindness. And so he calls him up on the phone and he requests a meeting. And Conway's like, damn, he called my bluff. Well, what was Conway's plan? He was just going to stand out there for three days. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) And he just gets ignored. I mean, you know, Frank. Frank says a smart president will steal ideas from anybody. I love that. Uh, I really like that line. So Shmoopy Conway is like, what? You're really going to meet with him? He's like, well, I have to. He called my bluff. And so then Conway is going to go talk to Frank. And then what is the end game here? Is Conway just going to come out of this meeting and say, like, I told him all my good ideas and he didn't do any of them? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was unprecedented. They said this has never happened before that two presidential candidates meet with nobody in the room. Uh, And, you know, I don't really know who was who had what objectives. I mean, were they just going to scare the other one into not running? I mean, that's not going to change. And um, they can act like they talked about Ico. And, and and maybe Conway can say, well, I told him to do all of these things. And then if Frank doesn't do them, then, you know, the, then he can blame Frank if something happens. Right. It seems like that Conway's uh, plan is, you know, do the missile strikes that the general wants to do. Now, when Frank doesn't do those, what is he going to say? Right. He's going to say, well, I told him to do that. You know, told you so. Hindsight. I, don't know Frank, I guess Frank has bigger problems with the whole Durant situation. But Conway didn't even seem like he wanted to try to like once they got in the room, it was like they both were sort of like, well, we got like 10 minutes to kill now. Yeah, it's like uh, seven minutes in heaven with somebody that you don't want to be in there with. <laughs> I guess so. It was sort of really awkward in there. Like it seemed like they were kind of chummy. They were kind of being friends. And uh, but they like Conway was sort of being like menacing towards Frank. Yeah, they're not so different. You know, I would expect one of them to be like, we're not so different, you and I. That that famous line that we hear in movies a lot. I would yeah. have liked that line to be dropped. So I liked when Frank offered him a ham sandwich yeah. and said, uh, well, I, I thought you would like ham considering those actions that you did. That was great. That was also a very good line. And then it was weird, too, because then Frank takes a bite and starts choking. Yeah. Which is like just a really weird thing to have happen if like it doesn't pay off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I guess it paid off with uh <laughs> with Conway's line that uh yeah, didn't so even, he didn't even really make that much no, sense. No, it did not at all. So the line the lines in question were so Frank uh takes a bite of a of a turkey sandwich and he says uh but that's terrible. Uh terrible turkey sandwich. Um and so uh better better than eating a real one, uh I believe uh Frank says. And then Conway says I always wear protection when I get my D sucked by Democrats. What? (laughs) It it made no sense. And what's a, what's better than eating a real one? Like Like, the whole line made no sense. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, did, did Frank say that the Turkey tastes like rubber? Is that what he said? I think so. There was the word rubber was, was said. I don't know if Conway said he was wearing a rubber or if, uh, if Frank said it tastes like rubber. Yeah. Better than eating a real rubber, I guess, in terms of like, I guess that that's where. <laughs> so better than eating, you know, bad turkey is better than eating a rubber as in a prophylactic. And Conway <laughs> I, I is like true. Pro speaking of prophylactics, like I always wear one, uh, when, uh, I am receiving a sexual act from the Democrats. And was Why? he receiving a sexual act from the Democrats? I don't yeah, feel like don't, that's I, what was not, happening. I don't really understand what's going on there. I don't yeah, know. That, Conway that, should that work on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Work on his metaphor. 
<laughs> so he, yeah, he probably you know he probably does need protection with the way he's kind of trancing around with uh, Shmoofy Conway though. No, he's fine. That that that's fine. That's just good, uh, good old fun for uh, Conway and Shmoofy Conway. So they end up starting to talk about Yates. We bring Yates into this, but it seems as though that's just a way to get into talking about video games. There has to have been some significance here of the mobile app that we break out here, and so it's a game that Conway has played about how you're a dot and you have to eat up the bigger dots, but also the bigger dots are trying to eat you. Uh, Frank says it sounds a little bit like politics, but what was the point of this game? Well, we heard the ter- we heard a phrase earlier that power is the people you collect. And this Agario game, you're collecting the smaller dots. And so you're collecting people. And then the dots actually represent people all around the world that are playing this game. And at the convention they're collecting delegates for who's going to be vice president. So we've saw a theme throughout this episode of collecting people. Uh, so just to put this out there, I thought this was like a fake made up game. Apparently it is real. A guard.io. <laughs> I'm on the website. It's a real game available for mobile and on their website. Uh, now available on mobile. Get it now for free as seen on house of cards. <laughs> <laughs> Great marketing. Yeah, was this some sort of product placement in this scene? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Rob, you should download this game and then play it and just imagine people around the world who have no idea that they are playing Agaria <laughs> with a former survivor and podcast star. <laughs> with with a House of Cards podcast. Yeah, they'd have no idea. So there's a little bit of a conversation about this role reversal about how, like, wow, if you were a Democrat, you'd be unstoppable. You'd be JFK. Uh, and if you were a Republican, you'd be Nixon. They, they, they said that and they made a lot of comments about a New York Republican and Southern Democrat. What are they saying that really these two are sort of in a role reversal? I guess that typically that you would imagine this uh, sort of like if you didn't know who was what political party from the show, if you just watched, you know, 10 minutes of these two guys that if, and you asked like a like a focus group, which political party is each? You think that they would say the opposite? Yeah, I guess so. And I think, too, like, I mean, they're both. You know, he said a New York Republican is like a Democrat. So he's saying, yeah, he kind of blurs the lines. And, um, you know, Frank, Frank will go whichever way he, you know, we've seen Frank will go either way. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So finally, this is when Conway gets the call. And then Frank's trying to eavesdrop on the call. Um, also in this scene, what, like, what's with Frank taking his shoes off? Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I think he was just trying to disarm Conway. And I did wonder <laughs> if him laughing so hard at the joke was also just trying to disarm Conway just to make him feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Frank starts to take his jacket off and his shoes and uh, just make himself right at home in that in that room. Anyway, so this is now Frank and Conway end up watching the news on TV about the 61 delegates coming in for Kathy Durant for president. And they're watching that together. But in some ways, doesn't this solve a problem for Frank? Like if it turns out that Kathy Durant is going to be somebody who is not loyal to them, she's not ultimately with them. Who is the guy that Claire is talking to? So his name is Senator Baker. Um, and, and he seems like he does not like Kathy Durant. Um, and he's gonna, he's gonna do whatever he can to not let her, uh, rise to power. So Claire is pushing this guy, Baker, to put all of his delegates towards Claire Underwood and they'll make him Secretary of State. And it was sort of like a, uh, little sitcom-y that both Claire and Frank both promised, uh, somebody Kathy's job. Frank obviously promised it to Kathy. And then Claire promises it to Baker. But doesn't this solve that potential problem of like, oh, OK, Kathy's out. She doesn't have enough delegates. Put Baker's delegates on to Claire. Claire's the vice president. Kathy's just out. And we move on from here. Yeah. I mean, I think it does solve things. I just think it doesn't it doesn't show a strong front, um, which Frank is already having a problem with just showing a strong front with losing the general and and some of the other things that we've seen go on with the party in the last season. The big issue, I would think, is that if Kathy just completely goes AWOL, defects, and then becomes a Frank basher, I feel like that she knows where a lot of bodies are buried and she could potentially, although I think that sort of hurts her as a potential Secretary of State for Conway, where if she's going to start telling all of the Frank Underwood secrets, I think that she becomes sort of somebody who's uh, pretty political and not somebody that you would think uh, you would want in your administration. But the thing is, is that Conway is running this whole campaign on transparency and he's saying, you know, we're going to show you all of my emails and my videos and everything. So, you know, if his secretary of state is saying, 
these are the things that the last administration did that I don't approve of. And I'm, you know, she's disavowing the things from the last administration. Has to disavow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then, then that fits right in with Conway's campaign. And, um, I do think that Durant bringing up Zoe Barnes is, is important, not just so that we remember that background with how she became secretary of state, but is she now she is brought up to Frank that, that she knows that he had a relationship with Zoe Barnes and there's already things out there. Is she going to feed into the, the Hammerschmidt storyline? Yeah, but I don't think that she can do that without some risk to her, too, because we're saying that the story that Zoe Barnes leaked was taking out another person for secretary of state, which ultimately is how she got her job. I don't think that necessarily looks good for her. Yeah, but what if I mean, I'm not saying that she would leak that part of the Zoe Barnes story, but leaking the part about the affair and the murder. Let me talk about something else big from this episode. And this is where we left off and a little bit of a maybe WTF storyline coming up. So Yates was very big involved in talking with, you know, Yates knows what's going on. He's figured out like uh, he's the born person that he can see us as we really are, as Claire said. And so we see him seeing Frank for the first time. And then he tells Frank that Claire is going to need the speech of a lifetime if she's going to be the vice presidential nominee. So Frank tells Claire, you got to get out of here. You know, there's too much. I, I didn't really understand why Claire needs to leave the convention, but they tell her, okay, you got to, you got to get on the plane. Did, did that make a lot of sense to you? Why Claire needs to leave? I think Frank just wanted it. So, so that it didn't appear like he was backing Claire and that he could have some time with Durant to try to smooth things over since she wouldn't return the call. But um, it, it just kind of seemed like they needed a convenient way to get Claire to go back to Texas. Yeah, they're like, oh, it'll look too much like you want it if you're here. Yeah. But I mean, doesn't it kind of look like she really doesn't want it if she leaves? But whatever. So they're going to send her away and we need to send Yates with her to go and work on her speech. And Yates is uh, being uh, really like he's making Claire read the speech and then he's like touching her face. Do you think is it possible are we seeing a Yates and Claire romance on the bloom? Uh, no, I don't. I don't see that happening. I think that that Yates is just trying to do a really good job as the speechwriter. And um, he does, know, you know, he knows Claire and Frank really well. He knows them pretty intimately. So um, I, I I'll say, yeah, I, I don't I didn't get any romantic vibes from that. I think this trip to Texas is probably where we're going to see Claire's mother die, I would guess. Um, but why have Yates there also? I mean, Yates can't write the speech without being Claire. Why isolate these two characters? And we had that conversation that Frank and Claire had a couple episodes ago where Claire says to Frank, did you feel anything for him? He's like, oh, well, maybe a little, uh, no, not that much. Did you? And she's like, no, no, I didn't. Do you think that this is Claire's turn that we know that Yates, that uh, really he's has a little something going on with everybody. You don't <laughs> think that there's going to be any sort of chemistry between Yates and Claire? I mean, maybe. I, ju- I don't know. I just don't see that happening. But I, I definitely could be could be wrong here. I think she's his muse. Yeah, I think she I think she is going to be emotional when her mother passes away and him being there is going to give him some really good, um, some really good stuff to work with to, to mm-hmm. write this speech and some 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 emotion that he can pull into it. And, and then he'll really get to see Claire Underwood. So that that's why I think he went. But not for anything. How long is this convention going for? The episode starts. The convention has begun. It's not the convention isn't like a month long. It's really it's like four days, right? Yeah, something like that. So the convention has started. It's definitely been more than one day in this episode. Claire is going to go back to Texas you would think the president speaks on the final day or the nominee speaks on the final day. The vice president, I believe, typically speaks on that Wednesday of the convention. How is Claire, if she is the nominee, I maybe they're going to have it on Thursday because of this sort of wacko convention that we're doing. But I feel like that and she has to come back. I mean, how was she going to go to Texas for like 10 hours? They'll wait for her. Maybe she delivers it via Skype or something. She's not going to deliver the (laughs) keynote (laughs) vice presidential acceptance speech via Skype to the convention. She just records it on a podcast and releases it. You know, everybody just listen at your own pleasure. Yeah. Also of note that the 2016 Democratic Convention in House of Cards is in Atlanta, while I believe the real one is in Philly this year. Oh, well, I mean, they didn't want to completely copy 
uh, the the actual. <laughs> Why not? Why couldn't you really have the convention in the same city where it's supposed to be? Maybe Philly tried to price gouge them because they're like, you can't. Fi- if you want to film here, you're gonna have to really pay. And and Atlanta, you know, all they got is the strip club. So they're like, yeah, come on down and film. Wait, your do convention. you think they really shot on location in Atlanta for these scenes? No, probably not. But. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I think he could have said, well, maybe they had that strip club line in there. And then I felt like, oh, we can't change it. The, the strip clubs in Philly aren't that great. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard that about Atlanta. Other cities. Yeah. But not Atlanta. Oh, I feel like I've heard that quite a bit about Atlanta. I feel like you hear a lot about like athletes. I believe that's where Pac-Man Jones was. Oh, I thought he was in Vegas. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I think that maybe other athletes were in uh, d- d- uh, Atlanta. Yeah, I did have friends that tried to plan a bachelor party in Atlanta, and I talked them out of that. I was well, like, well, that was a huge mistake. Yeah. Well, we went, to, we went to Miami. We went to Miami. Yeah. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I think that Yates and Claire, I think that's another thing, guys. I, I think Clates is happening. All right. Clates is happening. Well, we'll see. Um, Yates, man, he really gets around. He really does. Yeah, he really does. Has he gotten around the most of anybody on this show? Mm, I mean, this will I be the so. third, what, the third major character that he's been with? You're counting Kate Baldwin as a major character? I mean, Maybe yeah. on Fear the Walking Dead. I don't know about this show. I don't know. Whenever she's on screen, we talk about her. I guess so. Well, we talk about whoever's on screen, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we haven't talked about the Politico guy yet, so we don't talk about everybody. <laughs> okay uh let's talk about the organ donor story because uh, this seems like this is not going away and uh i really feel like that i don't know what's going on here doug is really having some second thoughts about the idea of uh saving frank's life oh doug yeah i i think doug made a huge mistake in this episode doug is going back into the rachel zone i think <laughs> the Rachel zone. Yeah, you know you never, how he obsesses about things. He does have an obsessive personality, and it, and I think that you know that ties in with his addictive personality of being a recovering alcoholic. So that works. So what is he going to do? He's going to donate to the family of the guy who died because he didn't get a liver. I think he did, and I think that the um, health and human services director is going to let it get out that Doug made her change the order of the donor recipient. Mm-hmm. And that is the smoking gun that Doug just used his credit card to donate to this random guy who he got bumped down the list. Is that going to be that big of a controversy? Like, I feel like uh, the, doesn't the president of the United States <laughs> like we talked about at the time, like I thought like, oh, OK, well, that makes sense that the president would get a liver before just some random person. This is why you're not a doctor, because you don't have this the doctor's uh, ethical code or whatever it's called. <laughs> I have not taken I've taken the podcaster's oath, yeah, no. which is <laughs> that you will always talk about the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the hypocrite's <laughs> oath, not the Hippocratic oath. Yeah. So if I had a whole podcast scheduled about that guy and then something happened big uh, with the president, then I would scrap that whole podcast. Right, we got to talk about the most important thing. I can't bury the lead. <laughs> yeah, just bury that guy. Thou shalt not bury the lead. That is the podcaster's oath. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 the order. You have to talk about things in the order that they happen, not, not which thing is more important. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So makes sense to me. Uh, let's also talk about what's going on with the the whole complicated triangle, the Leanne, Seth, Doug triangle. We talked about earlier this season about how Seth was going to be loyal to Doug. Doug really, uh, when he put the glass over Seth's mouth, he almost killed him. That you said that he was going to be completely obedient to Doug, and here he is. Seth goes to Leanne and says, "Like hey, you got to give me something. Doug is crazy. He's going to get mad at me if I don't give him something." Like I. Why isn't Leanne? It's like, go the hell away. What do you what do you want me to give you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get out of here. I wonder what she'll give. I mean, you know, Doug told Seth Grayson to dig and, you know, dig Grayson, dig. So <laughs> dig Grayson. Yeah. But uh, he's uh, I don't know. He's, he's trying. He's he's scrapping. He, he's at the top surface level, just trying to find something. I mean, what can Leanne come up with? That she once uh, got asked out on a date by Remy, but he was too expensive. Yeah, this one. Or she was too expensive. This one time she was uh, she was on par- uh, Party of Five and uh, <laughs> it was canceled. So that's probably her most <laughs> her most embarrassing moment. I'm sure that she has. If we look at her IMDb, I'm sure there's probably much more embarrassing things to I, try to look at. Yeah, yeah. Wild things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh let's see i'm trying to look i'm looking at uh, scream four uh yeah. that's definitely uh something that you could dig up yeah full disclosure i was a party of five fan so yeah i'm not i'm not <laughs> judging party of five 
Scream 3. I wouldn't really write home about that. Yeah, that wasn't great. She kind of <laughs> fell off the map for a long time, I feel like. It doesn't look like there's a gap in her resume anywhere, but uh, maybe the biggest gap is sort of between uh, 2009 and 2011. Uh, she doesn't have anything. Yeah. And then uh, here and there, she has a couple things uh, in the last five years. Yeah, but this is the... F- they say unexplainable gaps on your resume is a big red flag, so... <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what he comes back with. Oh, yeah, she didn't do any work from 2009 to 2011. Doug just kills Seth. <laughs> Get, I'm bring Doug. me a glass right now. <laughs> Cuts out his liver and donates it to somebody else. Yeah. Oh, no. Don't get into that donor list again. (laughs) Okay. So where do we go from here? So obviously the next episode, we're going to continue with what's going on at the convention. I mean, do you see that Frank just goes nuts on Kathy Durant? Yeah, I was trying to think if we would get a time jump, you know, even a couple weeks or if we're still just going to be the next day at the convention. And I think there's too many, you know, hanging threads. Um hanging chads at the convention so we got to see how that plays out well kathy durant could come out now and really just be if she's going to go full against underwood where we've seen everybody sort of like no on the record i totally think that the the president should be the nominee like i don't think she's going to necessarily take that same sort of tact with them i think that she's going to say that very much the president and the first lady should not be president and vice president. There's a conflict of interest. It's bad for the country. It's unprecedented. And the first lady, I think she might just have to come out swinging. Yeah. I mean, do you think we don't know anything about Catherine Durant besides just what she's done as secretary of state? Are they going to dig something up on her to get her to turn back and support Frank um, to threaten her and get some leverage? No, I don't think so. I think that maybe, I don't know if you could get somebody to like Dunbar to come out and endorse her. I don't know if she's too toxic after all this. But <laughs> yeah. I think that Durant is just going to be somebody who they have to just get around. I, I don't know if you have any dirt on her. Yeah, I think she did mention that she has a son. Um, but that's that's the only thing about her personal life that I think we know. So maybe she's going to come out and completely support Conway. But it just doesn't seem like if she gets the Republican support, I don't know how that necessarily helps her in this Democratic primary. Yeah, I, I mean, she might start gaining steam. Um, Louisiana really changed the changed the dialogue from being about vice president to being about president. So maybe other states start backing her for that. It is funny how this whole Claire thing came to a head because we were wondering the last episode, like, how are they going to finally get that out there into the ether? And the episode started and it was just sort of like one guy who cast one delegate for Claire Underwood. And all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Uh, Claire Underwood. That's a good idea. And then the entire state of Texas casts all of its delegates, some 200 delegates for Claire Underwood. And of course, who is it delivering this? That unelected official, Celia, who I don't get the whole Celia and Doris thing, because back in episode three, during the whole KKK saga, that they would not even appear with the Underwoods. That Frank's like, oh, Celia, come on. I I just need you for one day. Just come out and uh, endorse me. And they're like, "Uh, no, sir. No, thank you. We do not want to be associated with you. Good day, sir. They're They're opportunistic, though. (laughs) opportunistic (laughs) i mean it's only a couple months later yeah i mean and it's not like that the photo was proved to be a fake photo or anything like that now they are willing to really you know cast the entire the whole lot of delegates from texas all for claire underwood well i mean you know do you remember something that happened in the in the primaries like three months ago. That's, I mean, that stuff is quickly out of mind, I feel like. It's all about what's going on at the moment. And, you know, not only that, Leanne offered them all of this voter information from uh, from their, their connection with McAllen. So they're yeah. getting all this voter data, which they wouldn't have otherwise. And if Claire Underwood is vice president, she's not coming after Celia's seat. But is Celia running that close of a race in the 30th district? Like, who's <laughs> running against Celia? I mean, there's no it seems like this is a vastly Democratic district that they are running in where her mom has held this seat for how many 30 years? <laughs> I mean, who is she running against that they need to run this dirty campaign and, and get all these names from Leanne? I mean, you know, collecting people, it's power. 
I don't know. And how much pull does Celia have that she can get all of Texas? <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, how could the 30th district get the entire state of Texas? To and not even everyone? the daughter of the person who's running the 30th district. She's not even an elected official. Yeah. It's, well, she has more time to get out there and, and sway people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like if Ted Cruz, who was the senator for in Texas, well, you would think would have more power than the person who is the daughter of the person who from a district, one district. Like if he decided like, uh, you know, what? I'm going to put all of the delegates on one person in this uh, vice presidential open convention. Like, I think there'd be a lot of pushback. No, I mean, if Celia is like, hey, so- I, I'm getting like a lot of names from this person. Trust <laughs> me, this is, like, this is good. This is we have so many email addresses now. Our newsletter is yeah. going to be so hot like guys that she's from texas yeah i think that's the big thing apparently you know if you're from somewhere your delegates will just do whatever you want (laughs) i guess so i guess so yeah i mean you know maybe maybe frank is looking at it the wrong way maybe if celia has this much power celia should be vice president yeah maybe vice president celia should be perfect yeah or justice celia we still got to fill that justice (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> all right so sorry to pile on celia but yeah. it just has a lot of power yeah I, I think you're a little unfair to her you, you've yeah. had a grudge this whole season <laughs> uh, you know what i think it really is it's that uh i think that uh her mom uh cecily tyson i think that she was gonna could be on for like i don't know how many days she wanted to necessarily work on house of cards and i think that they said okay well we'll just put her daughter character in there and then like uh she'll be like in scenes with like robin wright and kevin spacey but if you need anything outside of that then you know she's not gonna be you know messing around with like all these other day players is this her actual daughter no, 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 no. Uh, okay. I just think that the the actual accomplished actress Cecily Tyson, who plays Doris, was like, mm, like, uh, like bringing your A list people. Outside of that, you know, get the daughter, get Celia to do whatever. Oh, I didn't realize she was an A list actress. My bad. <laughs> I don't think she's an A list, but she's a very accomplished uh, actress. So you know, she's a very uh, decorated actress. Cecily was she Tyson. in Scream Four? She was not. Oh, well then, no go. <laughs> I believe that her name is in the opening credits, though. Oh, nice. Good for her. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's the kind of person you want to say is in your show. You know, it looks good to have on your on the IMDb page for the show. On the resume. <laughs> the resume. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get into some of these questions? Um, so Donald Blythe was in this episode briefly. Mm-hmm. And he was talking. I don't remember who he's. He might have just been talking to a staffer or a or a media guy. Um, I think he might have been talking to the guy from Politico and he was talking about why he's not running for vice president. And he said he was one heartbeat away from being back. And yeah. I, just, I, I wrote down heartbeat because I just wondered if, you know, is he planting something there? Are we going to see a Blythe heart attack or something? <laughs> Blythe heart attack. Yeah. Oh, boy, that would really be out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, uh, he also said that he's one heartbeat away from the presidency and he doesn't have the heart to do it. Yeah. OK, that was what he said. So talk about his heart. He said both things. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if he's just being super poetic or what exactly is the issue. But uh, for Blythe, he's just like he's not even at the convention. Yeah, he's but he's still uh, he backs Durant on the record. But uh, behind the scenes, he's backing Claire. So he's really saying that Durant is uh, no good. He doesn't like Durant. Yeah, I mean, he, maybe he'll be the keynote speaker at the convention where he'll say, like, uh, Durant sucks. Yeah. All this talk about not liking Durant. I, I could make an NBA, uh, another NBA <laughs> reference, but I'll hold off. <laughs> OK. All right. You want to get into some of these questions? Yeah. Oh, also, we had Senator Shear from Kentucky. He was the guy with the one vote for Claire. Um, and he did that because they promised him something in primetime. I don't know if it's an interview or a spot on like a CBS uh, sitcom but no i <laughs> i think that they were just promising him uh primetime speaking spots at the convention i think oh, okay. that basically like the networks cover the convention for those uh three or four nights and he wanted you know primetime speaking time on those at the convention yeah if he got a if he got a sitcom it could be called like sheer madness though <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be good uh i think that uh we really should have that uh come to netflix right after the other big uh netflix sitcom which i think is uh really i think it's some really great synergy that they're doing on netflix did you hear about this that they're doing the uh the spinoff fuller house of cards (laughs) oh man what a crossover 
Yes, it's really going to be uh, fantastic. Oh, man, I hope I can at least get through the first episode of that show. Look, now, whatever happened to <laughs> predictability? <laughs> the milkman, the paperboy, uh, evening TV, convention time speaking. You know, now they just give it away to anybody. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Frank and uh, Uncle Donald Blythe. <laughs> and Danny Blythe, yeah. Yeah, da- yeah Danny Blythe. <laughs> DJ okay. Yates. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, this is from uh, Selfie. Selfie writes in and wants to know, I'm calling it seasons five, six, and seven of the story are the Conways becoming president of the United States and the prime minister of UK. What do you think about that? Prime minister of UK. <laughs> yeah. Because they have to be the husbands and wife has to both be in power. Schmoopy Conway is going to be the new prime minister of the UK. <laughs> That's bollocks. <laughs> okay you're calling uh bs on that yeah actual crapshul not a chance okay steph b wants to know do you think that Catherine would have been on board if frank told her the plan from the start should she run for president okay would durant have been on board with the claire for vice president plan um i th- I think so, because she seems to get along well with Claire and, you know, she I don't know. I just think if you could have been a little bit more straightforward with her and not like leaked stories about her and and tried to work with her, she might have been a little bit more cooperative. Well, it wasn't so much that they were leaking the stories about her. They really got her hopes up that like, uh, well, you're going to be the vice president, Kathy. Of course, I want you on my side. Like maybe it might have gone better if they would have brought her in for like they did with Doug and Seth and Leanne and sort of said, hey, look. All right. Here's the real plan. All right. Uh, what do you think of this plan? Uh, she probably would have been leaking to the media herself like uh, this is a bad plan. <laughs> <laughs> so she ended up being just a pawn in the game. I think she did really resent that. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. Um, but did Catherine ever even express interest in being vice president? It just kind of came out of nowhere. I think she's not kicking it out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you never kick anybody out of bed. <laughs> well, some people. Yeah, you got to collect people. Power. Okay. Uh, Cody Patterson wants to know, does it seem like the coverage for this convention feels like you're watching uh, Sports Center more than a news channel? All we need is Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon. Oh, God. <laughs> Just yelling at each other. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i i do feel like the way that the media is portrayed on this show is just very like all right we need somebody to come in and give some exposition and catch all the audience up to like what's going on <laughs> yeah the media is uh pretty first takey i would say yeah hot takes <laughs> right? like a lot of skip baylesses of oh, politics man. out there yeah Stephen a smith oh <laughs> Awful. Yeah. Although I do think that Kornheiser and Will Bond are going to be covering the Republican convention uh, on their new show, GOPTI. <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, you know, got to embrace the debates. Embrace the debate. <laughs> OK, uh, also, let's uh, take some questions uh, from Spencer Y. Who wants to know about, as for Kathy Durant, after Frank's conversation with Kathy to let her down gently in the event that Claire grabbed the VP nod over her, what drastically changed to lead her to mucking up the DNC and plotting with Conway? Did she find out about Claire's meeting with Joseph Baker? Did Claire know all along that Frank couldn't be trusted? After all, Kathy knows that Frank is a schemer. That's how she landed the Secretary of State position in season one do you think anything changed besides her just realizing that frank is full of crap you know i think that it's probably just that she saw frank pulling his old tricks again um and i i'm trying to remember if we've seen frank kind of use the same tactics repeatedly before this is the first time i've ever been able to pinpoint it and i guess it's because she pointed it out too um but maybe Frank's getting a little sloppy. I think that she knows that Frank is full of crap and this is totally his MO. I think that she realizes like, yep, this is such an Underwood plan. Yeah, he's full. Like, I've seen this show before. He's fuller of crap. Yeah, this is a, a repeat of Fuller House of Cards. <laughs> I've seen this one before. <laughs> All right. And then also uh, Spencer calls out Frank's analogy of the season. What do you think of Frank comparing the Atlantic climate to a prostitute's nether regions? <laughs> I'm not one for the humidity, so I'm with Frank on that. <laughs> okay. Johnny DeSavera says, what do you think Robin Wright returning to direct this episode? Yeah, I, I noticed that too. Um, I, I now pay attention to the who the directors of each episode when it's not Robin Wright or somebody that mm-hmm. I recognize. I'm like, oh, all right, well, just, just somebody I don't really know. 
And then finally, the season projection as we're coming up to the end. Chapter 51 and 52 is leading up to the election night, or do you think that they will keep us in suspense until season five? Do we have a winner of this election by the end of season four? So we got four episodes left. Yeah. We probably have one more at the convention. We need a debate. We need a debate. Do we need the Republican convention or is that, do we skip that? I don't think we need the Republican convention. Yeah, I guess we don't know enough of those characters. Then we got two more episodes, so 51 and 52. I could see that being the election. I feel like that's kind of a quick landing for all this build up to the election, though. Okay, we'll see. Could be a cliffhanger going into season five. I could see that. Yeah, I I could see that happening, too. Although, you know, it's... It'll be interesting to see what they do and how the show changes. I wonder if it'll be things that we'll be able to pick up when they change showrunners, if the show's going to really change directions, or if it'll be uh, you know, classic House of Cards. Yeah, hopefully it won't be sort of like a community-type scenario uh, <laughs> where they change the showrunners. Okay, so uh, is it possible? Could this be some sort of like Florida hanging Chad-type situation where the Supreme Court has to get involved and we have a return of Justice Jacobs? Oh, man, that that would be very interesting. That would pull everything kind of full circle. <laughs> A full circle of Blythe. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe Donald Blythe goes to the Supreme Court. He said he's just going to go back to Vermont. I think he's just going to go and drink maple syrup until his heart's content. Mm, Okay. All right, Zach. That's it for Chapter 48. Uh, What do you think of the hashtag here? I mean, I I would think it's got to be Fuller House of Cards, although (laughs) I wonder if that's been used before. (laughs) I'm not sure if anybody is saying that, but let's make it ours. Yeah, that's pretty Uh, good. I like G-O-P-T-I Yeah, also. that was also good. Uh, <laughs> uh, Spacey Senses is underrated. Yeah. All right. So we will be back uh, probably tomorrow with Chapter 49 of the House of Cards uh, for the San Francisco 49ers, the site of Fuller House of Cards. That's where that show takes place. Starring Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe Jackie Sharp is his representative also in Fuller House of Cards. <laughs> And Hunter Pence. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for us. You could follow Zach on Twitter. He is at Brooks ZA. I am at Rob Cisternino. Uh, send us your emails. Uh, we are putting these out pretty close to the release date. So send us emails about these final couple episodes and we will get them in time for when we record. Send them to HOC at postshowrecaps.com. Looking forward to talking to you guys in chapter 49. Have a good one. Take care, everybody.